What do you see in your mind's eye when you picture craft beer drinkers? Picture them at a brewery, sitting at a table together. They're having a good time. They're sipping on hazies. But are they black? Hispanic? My guests on this episode know they might not be the first people that you picture at a brewery, but they've got plans to change that. This is It Starts With Beer. One, two, three, four. Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Sis, and in this episode we meet James Wiggins III, Jamel Hargraves Jr., and Antron Ellis, who make up the craft crew. This episode is brought to you by Brassworks Brewing in Waterbury, Connecticut, and by Nod Hill Brewery, making quality-driven, small-batch beers in a 100% solar-powered brew house in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Nod Hill specializes in modern hoppy beer, traditionally-minded German and Belgian styles, and both clean and mixed-fermentation oak-aged ales. For online ordering, home delivery options, tap room info, and where to find their beer across Connecticut, visit www.nodhillbrewery.com. So what started out as a craft beer review show produced by any video on Facebook has taken off. My three guests uh, started hosting beer mixers to bring craft beer to black and brown audiences in Connecticut and brewing beer with local breweries. So in our conversation, which was recorded at Firefly Hollow Brewing in Bristol, we find out how the craft crew plans to, in their words, widen the demographic. And what's my controversial stance on beer cans? Find out after the interview at the after party. So my apologies uh, as the audio is a little muffled at first with this, but it does get better. Let's listen in, but first, let's start with the Craft Crew Show theme song by Born IE. All right, I'm so glad that I've been able to catch up with the craft crew again this time at Firefly Hollow Brewing. Um, we are sinking into a couple of uh, beers here. It looks like Oktoberfest and their Pilsner. I want to um, get everybody to say hello and um, tell me a little bit about um, your uh, first experience with beer real brief your first experience with beer and we'll go around we'll start with you okay um this is james speaking right now uh for the craft crew uh, my first experience with quote unquote craft beer was uh blue moon back in like 2008 um going to sliders one day uh that was 
the special that was available. So that was my first time trying, like I said, quote unquote, craft beer. Um, my first actual like craft beer, craft beer, I would have to say was uh, Knee Deep Rivers um, Breaking Bud. Um, and what attracted me to that one, since I was just getting into craft beer, was the label. I was a big Breaking Bad fan, so once I seen the label of it, and they were wearing um, the the attire that they were using while they were cooking the meth for Breaking Bad, I, I just had to go for that beer. So <laughs> the label definitely grabs you, um, Jamel. Tell me a little about yourself. All right, uh, this Jamel here. Uh, actually, my first experience as well as James. He's the one that kind of kind of threw me into the blue moon loop after he had his experience at Sliders. Uh, as far as like craft beer, craft beer, I really can't remember because after the blue moon 10-year uh, phase or so that me and James had, we kind of was like grabbing anything we could get our hands on just to try uh, different and adapt to different styles of beer that we would like. And I'm pretty sure it was some sort of IPA because at the time that's, that's, that's what we knew and that's what was uh, popular as it still is to this day. And Antron? All right, this is Antron, uh, one the, the third third of of the craft crew. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know, Blue Moons. I started off with you know just trying new beers and going out for dinner and stuff like that. I think I um, used to experiment with the cherry wheat from Samuel Adams. That 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 was like, I was like, what is this? Like this shit was amazing. <laughs> and um, I think my first show like. So official into the game had to be like a, um, I think I came in trying like a, you know, like, like, like a, yeah, a treehouse something or something like that. I, I can't remember the first beer though, but uh, yeah, it was, it was like straight to the top after that. <laughs> I, I needed more. Well, here's the thing. The craft crew, um, for, for people who don't know, is uh, really about widening the demographic that seems to be the phrase that i've been seeing a lot associated with you guys tell me a little bit about what that means to you uh so that you know people uh who aren't familiar what does that mean to you to widen the demographic um all right james uh well so jamel and i um i presented the idea to jamel um around like january of 2017 uh, my cousin Alonzo, of, uh, the owner, founder of Any Video Films. He was launching a, um, a Black Wall Street uh, network on Facebook for you know like all black channel shows and stuff like that. So he came to me around the end of 2016. He presented the idea to me, you know, if, if you come up with any type of uh, show ideas, you know, for the platform that I'm trying to launch, I'll give you production credits on it. And since Jamel and I at the time were just getting into craft beer, we noticed that, you know, we didn't see a lot of our people, you know, like people of color inside of the breweries. So, um, I, you know, I presented the idea to Jamel, you know, why not create a, a craft beer like review show? Granted, we're not like craft beer experts. We're not certified Cicerone. So, but we figured, you know, as long as we had, um, you know, people that looked like us, people that, I mean, dress like us, talk like us, listen to the same type of music or into the same type of things that we're into. If they seen us, you know, interested in this craft, then they would in hand, you know, be interested in it as well. So, you know, that was our grasping point and that's what we wanted to do. And I mean, it, it's 
took it's taken off from there but that was our original goal was to widen the demographic in craft beer why do you think the demographic has become so narrow uh what is it that um, until fairly recently has you know kept people of color from coming to craft beer um i feel like um the welcome the marketing standpoint of it is it's geared towards you know the craft uh well beer drinkers i won't even use the word craft in this aspect um i feel like beer drinkers tend to gravitate more towards um going to uh breweries and things of that nature so that's where i feel like it becomes narrow so it's it's in our faces but it's not in the black community space uh like for example like uh you can use something as blaine as a barber shop you know um if you go to like a town such as uh southington or something of that sort they don't have many they have more like salons you know where where you can go in, your wife could get her hair done, and you could get your hair cut all kind of all in the same place, as opposed to like in the black Hispanic communities where there's barbershops, where they're heavily induced. Um, so, so to say the least, you know, like people that live in the community of Southington probably won't gravitate towards a barbershop as much as they will a hair salon and vice versa. And that's where I feel like the, the narrowness of the uh, bear community comes where it's in the face of their audience let's put it that way and and it's not widening and and that's basically our goal is to include us in this uh marketing scheme that these breweries are putting together as well i mean you could have chosen a lot of things to widen you know it seems like we're so divided uh in this country particularly in a lot of aspects uh not just beer but what is it about beer you think that makes um uh worth the effort to, to try to get more people involved. What is it about beer that has brought you joy? I think it's just, I think beer just brings everybody together. You know what I'm saying? One more, you sit at a table and, and everybody can be talking about beer, but from different colors, you know what I'm saying? Different uh, nationalities and stuff like that. And you know, it just brings us all together. Put a smile on your face. Tell me about the reception that you've received um, some of the things that you've set up since you've uh, started trying to get introduce other people to beer. Was it, did you get resistance or did you get buy-in pretty quickly? What, what has that process been like? I haven't seen any resistance, not really. Um, our, I would say like our first like real interaction with um, our people as far as like craft beer goes, was our first beer mixer um, event that we threw earlier this year in January. Um, it was at Unknown Clothing, downtown New Britain, Connecticut. Uh, shout out to MDOT and every the whole staff over there. Uh, when we threw that event, we had about, we had a, a pretty good turnout. It was around like 25 to 30 people that showed up. It's a really tiny, um, intimate spot, a boutique clothing store. And, um, you know, everybody that came through and actually tried the beer, they were very interested in the ingredients, what was used to make the beers, um, the style of beer that it was that they were actually tasting, um, what paired well with it and, and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, every we threw a second beer mixer event in February and then COVID hit. 
in March, so that kind of destroyed everything. But our initial response, um, it was it's, everything's been positive. I would I would have to say, yeah. Now going back to the uh, analogy of the of the barbershop versus the salon, um, how did you reach out to folks to even let them know about it? Because I think that's you know the, there's so many different social media silos, so that you can be on you know white Twitter or black Twitter or Hispanic Twitter. How did you reach out to folks? Were they just personal friends? How, how, did, how did that happen? So, uh, as James mentioned, we uh, collaborated with Unknown Clothing in downtown New Burton. Um, the owner of that store is actually a DJ, you know, like a hip-hop DJ, uh, that he's been doing it for a while. Uh, clothes and, and, and music is like two of his passions. I've known that. We grew up together, basically, same neighborhoods. So I've known him for years. And... Um, uh, he actually has a, a large following, um, so he's actually getting into craft beer, but, you know, he doesn't know a lot about it. He's buying the IPAs, you know, he has friends that come around with him. So when we uh, brought up the ideal to him, he was on board. Um, so basically through social media and uh, word of mouth, you know, like his customers who come in the store, friends of ours who has friends that drink craft beer, some people just showed up just because they're like, oh, you know, Jamel, I found out this was your event, so I just showed up. Not even really to drink beer. They might have just shopped in the store or might have just came to show face just for the support factor. So that's basically how we went about it. It was a social media push um, and uh, word of mouth. Now, when it comes to educating folks um, about beer, um, what was your education like about it? And how do you go about teaching people about beer? say um like i tell these guys i just drink beer i don't you know i don't know. don't overthink it that's it i don't overthink it but you know i tell everybody you got to find what's good for you you know what i'm saying um what necessarily is good for me i might give to another person and he's like this is not not it that's true yeah so oh. so much different with beers this is crazy that's true I'm, i don't know i'm i've always been one of those very curious people that you know, I, I want to know as much as, as much about everything as I possibly can. I, I'm a father of two boys, so I don't want to be that parent or that person in general. That's just like you know, when people come and they ask me a question, and, and all the time I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, like or go look it up. So I've I've dived into as much information into craft beer as I possibly can at this point. Um, I'm still slightly interested in going for the certified Cicerone certification and stuff like that, going through the process for it. Just because, you know, I love craft beer, I want to get into it a whole lot more, and I just want to be knowledgeable about it. So if people do happen to ask me questions, then I can offer them, you know, like the exact right answers to it. So Let's talk a little bit about the breweries in the state uh, of Connecticut. Um, what can breweries do, do you think, to make the experience of coming to their breweries uh, more inclusive uh, if they aren't already? Or what are the positive things that you have been seeing that breweries are doing to be inclusive or to be welcoming to all kinds of people? I feel like, um, like a lot of breweries now, they kind of have like, obviously this is pre-COVID and this could be post-COVID, but uh, you know, just a selection of music can make a big difference. Um, you know, they'll bring in bands and, uh, you know, heavy metal bands or, or old school bands of that nature, like 80s and stuff, which 
makes sense because it gravitates towards their crowd. But, um, you know, just to include, like, you know, a DJ that might play hip-hop on a certain night. It could be once a month, it could be twice a month, or it could be every week. Um, things of that nature, um, you know, um, including, like, their food trucks could be, like, those of the black community. Like, you know, the South End of Harper has a ton of food trucks all the time. Finding your way over there just to be like, I know you're here, you're very popular. How would you think I have a hip-hop night or I have a, a salsa night or whatever coming up on so-and-so date this Saturday? Would you mind coming and being the food truck for that day? You know, just our food, bringing our culture into the brewery itself yeah. would help alone. Now, I haven't seen that um, myself, but that doesn't mean that it hasn't been done. Have you, have you heard of any breweries uh, being more conscious about it? <laughs> no, not in Connecticut, Connecticut no. But then again, there's soul food restaurants here in Connecticut, but like I know um, Hot Pots and like the North End of Hartford, they have a food truck by the name of like Fishy Tails. So to harp off of what Jamel was saying, like if they did invite like soul food restaurant food trucks, you know, to these breweries, then of course, you know, they can introduce black people food type of food to these breweries to the the people that actually drink craft beer and then you have you know craft crew on our end bringing people that actually to to bring our people into drinking the actual craft beer but um the music as well i mean if they just did you know more events also if they just you know like hog river is a great example because we've seen uh, at least two or three people of color uh black people that work at their actual brewery mm -hmm. and um if, the, if a lot more breweries is actually hired black or black people or you know hispanic people people of color for certain jobs even if it's just something as simple as like a bartender or i've been offered a job by hanging hills when hanging hills was still around to just go and distribute so like literally them packing the beer into the van and you know me just taking the beer and going to different spots and delivering the beer and stuff like that it's it's like little you know like little segues into craft beer like that that you can actually bring people of color into it they can start to learn more about it and be more interested in it and stuff like that so and i know um like beer culture they just started doing uh like posts on their website for uh, positions in craft beer for people of color if they want to go onto their website and look up, you know, whatever type of position they may qualify for, even if it's just, you know, from the ground level and then they can work their way, their way up. Um, and a prime example of coming in at the bottom level and working your way up to something um, exceptional is uh, Jamal Robinson uh, from NEPCO because he, you know, he started off just doing simple things uh, for a beer distributor. Um, I believe it was like Budweiser or something like that. Right, and, he was uh, owned by uh, yeah. Heiser Bush. And and he just worked his way up into, and now he's a sales rep for New England Brewing Company. So, That's right. you know, you, you can always put the ethic in just, if somebody, if they just allow like a position for you to get your foot in the door and allow people to grow. Yeah, uh, at, in Connecticut, it, uh, it's from what I know, there's really just one brewery that uh, has an African-American owner and um, and and she's uh, uh, contract brewing out of out of another brewery, but uh, there's certainly room to grow, um, and it doesn't have to be the ownership. It, it could just be uh, a member of the team, uh, as you're mentioning. Um, now you mentioned Hog River. They are in Hartford. Uh, you had a, a big uh, hand in making one of their beers recently. 
Uh, could you tell me a little bit about that? That was pretty fun. I mean, we, we, we had a little bit of part of it. You know, we didn't actually, you know, they already had a base of what they were going to put in the beer and stuff like that. But it was such a great time. Uh, so this is, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, this is to make the Black is uh, Beautiful uh, Stout, yeah, yeah. which people all over the world are making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun moment. Um, ben and Joy, uh, the, the owners of uh, Hog River, they were very welcoming to us. Like they involved us in everything. Like come in, we, me and Jamal, we uh, Jamal, we had a good time there, uh, brewing a beer and shit like that. Um, James missed it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it was my birthday week, man. Yeah. That was his birthday. Week. I was in upstate New York, but yeah. So they uh, <laughs> we were hands on in there. Other team held it down. Yeah, yeah. sixteen ounce canvas kind of plugged us in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out AJ. Sixteen ounce. Shout out to AJ. Without him, none of this. Yeah, he he was reaching out to breweries around the state. He's part of beer culture as well now, so he's reaching out to breweries around the state. So sixteen ounce canvas is a is a podcast. Correct. Uh. He is reaching out to different breweries around the state to see who would like to join the Black is Beautiful initiative. Uh, he reached out to Joy and Ben at Hog River, in which they were on board to uh, uh, brew the beer. Uh, so they asked him if he was interested in collaborating with them, and he's down in the southern part of the state. So uh, us building a relationship with him, uh, he reached out to us and asked, you know, these guys are in the Hartford area, probably be best. You know, they're in that area. They're closer to you, and they're from the area. So, yeah. the whole initiative behind Black is Beautiful, and the reasoning for it, it'd be best if they are able to, you know, join forces with you. And which, you know, we we didn't even think of doing anything of that nature at the time. So, when the opportunity presented itself, we jumped on board. And it's out now, right? It is. It was released yesterday, uh, the 18th of September. September. Yep. And what what did you think of the results? Man, the beer came out awesome. So it's a, a dessert stout, tropical stout, uh, with um, it was brewed with coconut, uh, cocoa nibs, and uh, vanilla. And um, I mean, it's, it's right down our lane as far as stouts go. Um, the body of it was nice and full. Um, it had that nice like malt flavor to it, but also had that sweetness to it from you know the coconut and the cocoa nibs and the vanilla. I th- it was a real solid beer. I, I enjoyed it. The ABV came Seven. out came out around like 7%. Um, that's what, um, so when I went for canning day, that's what the owner, Ben, was telling me. Like, typically, majority of their beers come out like around like 7% um, due to like the fermenters and you know, like the bacteria that they have in the fermenters. That's what it pretty much allows for as far as ABV goes. But um, That's it was, interesting because a lot beer. of them yeah. are even higher. So, yeah, yeah, yeah 7%. Yeah. Is- Pretty, pretty manageable. Yeah. So that, that's a great. Um, now, this sounded like an opportunity for you to see what the uh, process of brewing is like, uh, but you're also seeing what the process of, you had mentioned, you know, looking into the way distributing, you know, is like. Um, do you see uh, yourselves getting involved in beer at a more professional level? Man. We, Maybe we, not tomorrow. I'm not taking. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I don't have an application here, but I'm just saying. Solid jobs, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we have to. Like we a, a we get asked this question all the time. Um, kind of where we at are is is like our, our comfort zone. It's, it's our lane for a lack there of terminology. So to to be able to dabble into it is it, great. You know, 
not even part time, but like you know, mm. something once in a while. Like, don't get me wrong. People ask like me if I ever want to get involved in a brewery, and my answer is absolutely no. Yeah. Every single time, I found my little lane as well. <laughs> Writing about it, <laughs> recording about it is great. See, but if we had a solid team and we had the money for it, like the front money to start our own brewery, but have someone in a sense run it, and we just kind of call the shots, like. Speaking on a personal level, yeah. like that'd be more fitting for me. Yeah, I oh. kind of wanted to do something similar to um, like the Hops Company. So I, I kind of just want to open like, or you know what? Um, well, the Hops Company for Connecticut, but and that, that's a that's a uh, basically a restaurant, a beer garden, a beer yeah. garden. Right. So the idea for that really came off of when Jamel and I uh, went out to Brooklyn, New York was it uh, last year, 2019, for um, the book release for uh, Beer Culture from Dooch, um, this ain't the beer that you're used to. So he did a, uh, the whole Beer Culture team, they did a book release over at uh, the Sampler in Bushwick. And when we visited there, like the, the whole vibe was just what we envisioned mm -hmm. for craft beer, period. So it was just a lot of hip hop music, a lot of R&B music. Um, they had, at least like 20 beers on tap there from different companies from all over uh they had cans for sale they had aged bottles for sale they had clothing they had a chef there that was actually cooking you know they every everything was just there like in that one small little hole in the wall type of location and that's what i envisioned personally me james like i would love for us craft crew to open up um a beer garden very similar to the sampler. I don't want to copy, you know, like everybody wants their own thing in their own niche, but um, that was just everything something, to me. Something yeah. Connecticut needs. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? And, and going back to what you were saying, how the how the breweries can be more inclusive, like that 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 can be an outlet for them in a sense. Um, you know, like say say we shut up shop in Hartford, downtown yeah. Hartford, and and people in New Haven might can't get to that location, but so often. They might enjoy a beer from, let's just say, since we're in Firefly Hollow, they might enjoy a beer from Firefly Hollow, and they're more willing, like, you know what, let's go up to Bristol to go check this place out. Yeah. And, you know, with us having them on tap, can open up more doors to more people visiting their actual breweries, because, you know, at a beer garden, let's just say they have, they got eight beers on tap today at Firefly Hollow, we might have two tops, you know, maybe three pushing it. So someone might enjoy the beer so much that they're willing to go visit these breweries to be like, what else do they have in store for us? And to to add on to it, for the for what I envision for our, for the beer garden is to have just black owned breweries that have their beers on tap there. Um, it's no disrespect to all the other um, brewery owners out there, you know, but you know, like the tree houses and the trilliums and everybody, the other halves, like they're. Like they're staple beers, like they have they're their following. Do all right. Yeah, they're fine. Like they don't really need our help any, at all. But I would love to get the actual black brewers out there to more of um, more to the masses out there. So, like our beer garden, I envision us having just you know we'll have like a couple Connecticut um, guest breweries on tap there. 
but I would love to just get, you know, black owned breweries that have their beers on tap at that beer garden so that people can actually taste what black people are doing in the craft beer industry. Cause I think that'll further widen the demographic as well. So that people know that black people actually brew beer too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's consistent with what you guys have been doing, which is about amplifying voices. And it's about uh, giving people more exposure where, where they might not be getting it. And um, you know, People only have so much power. They only have so much access. You guys would be would be adding to that. Um, what do you think would make um, uh, a place like that uh, be a place that not only people of color would go to, but also like white people as well? I mean, do you think that it would be? How do we find that fine line, or is it is it even worth it? Is it okay to just say, you know, of course we're gonna anyone can come, but really it's. It's not for you. It's really just for, mostly for people of color. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't say it's like just like basically our target audience would be for people of color. So it'd be kind of a reversal what a brewery does in a sense. You know, that'd be our target audience. Obviously, we're not turning no one away. What was that saying that you guys said? I think it was during the podcast with Tony. Just because you're like pro-black doesn't mean that we're racist or yeah, something like yeah, that. Something. Yeah, like that doesn't mean anything. You know, we're just here. Like James said, having, like, there's one on black brewery in Connecticut, you know, to be able to bring in some more in Connecticut just to see what black people are doing, as as well as black customers enjoying it and others as well, like, would be great to us. But we're, we're, we're going to be targeting our, our, our community to come in. And with the word craft beer in it, the way people will join as well, because they enjoy craft beer, probably they're the biggest dollar right now in the craft beer community so to to if they walk in and they feel uncomfortable or or it's not for them they could kind of get a gist of what we deal with walking in breweries nowadays in a sense and and it's not for them to oh i'm not going back because i don't feel comfortable but it's yeah. like this is this is what we doing here and this is how we're going to do it if you feel more comfortable at another brewery then do so you know when i saw what weathered souls had done which was to create, this is a brewery in San Antonio, Texas. They created a, a recipe and decided that to make it public. And their stipulation was, we want you to donate the profits to a worthy local uh, organization that that uh, is for racial justice. And this is not new to craft beer because I've been covering it for many years. There's always been an element of giving back but the focus is new. The focus since the, uh, the death of George Floyd, the, the, the focus of um, uh, uh, people who want to help seems to be now in this direction. What happens if this passes? What happens if the zeitgeist in the country gets diverted and this not, it's not the hip thing to do. It's not as popular for white people to do. What happens then? In other words, um, does that increase the need to do something? Or does that mean you gotta go in a different, does it increase the need to do something within the beer sphere? Or does that mean you gotta go off in a new direction? Me, uh, me James, speaking personally, I have like that type of like Malcolm X blood so to me it's just like if if we have a lot of these you know like 
closeted races, breweries that really don't want us at their breweries. I feel like it's just the time for black people or just people in color in general just to just go do our own thing, man. Um, for us to be like in the year 2020 now and we're still trying to fight for equality, that's just equality. But I, I feel like black people in general owe a whole lot more. Like we're way past the 40 acres and a mule thing. Um, like we we should just come to come together collectively and just do our own thing. Like I, I'm kind of tired of trying to fight to belong with people who don't really want us involved in to jump. I mean to begin yeah. with. So I have absolutely no problem with us going off in a completely different direction and us being unified and coming together and just doing our own thing. And we had a good thing going. I, I say we, as in like black people in general, with the uh, the Fresh Fest uh, going on in, in uh, Pittsburgh. And sadly, we couldn't make it this year due to COVID. Um, we were tagged in their original post when they started promoting it and everything. So they see what we're trying to do up here in Connecticut um, with the craft crew. But um, I'm, I'm completely fine with us just going off in our own direction and doing our own thing. And whoever, yeah, I mean, that. like, Black people in general, we've never shut off any other type of race. So when we're shouting out, you know, and we're being pro-black and we're just loving our own black people, that doesn't mean that we don't have love for any type, any other races or cultures out there. It's just we need to build up our own people. That's what we're trying to do. That's the motivation. That's our goal. And the people that feel like we're trying to shut other cultures out and stuff like that, then those are the people that we are trying to weed out. We don't, we, they, like, they don't need to, then don't come. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if, if, if we do have a beer garden where we just play hip hop music and R&B music, if you don't agree with that type of music, if you don't like it, then all right, those are the people that we want to weed out. So if so, for all the white folks that actually enjoy that type of music and enjoy black craft beer and your culture itself, yeah, culture we would itself. never. Yeah. yeah, we still shout out everybody on our page. It's not like we're just singling out just you know, exactly. black. This exactly, exactly. Antron has a point right there. Yeah, yeah, like like just piggybacking off of what they say. You know, yeah. we're, we're for the black people. We're the voice of the black people in the beer community. But it goes beyond that. You know, so. Just to touch base real quick, some people might not want to work with us because our name is Craft Crew and we're like affiliated with beer and brewery. But um, I'm also a youth football coach. Uh, I've been doing this for 12 years. Yeah. Like giving back to the community, uh, uh, being a mentor towards our youth exactly. uh, is big for me. Uh, my cousin, he also does a lot of that stuff out in New Britain. He has a, a nonprofit basketball league he started. Um, he has a, a soul food restaurant called My Wife Didn't Cook in downtown New Britain. And he also recently, he just announced he's expanding to Buckland Hills. So there will be a second My Wife Didn't Cook in Buckland uh, Hills and Manchester, Connecticut. So uh, we're here to just uplift and, 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 and bring uh, positivity and notoriety to our black business owners. Um, letting our, our black children know that they can be whatever they want to be. Uh, we're not just here uh, for the beer purpose of it. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than beer. It's, 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 it's for our culture. It's for the community. Like beer culture says, it's for the culture. That's where we're at. It's for the culture. Yep. Um, and everyone's included. Like I have many of friends of, of white, Hispanic, black, like every race you can uh, think of that are on board. Like 
never in a million years will you will you ever hear a person call me racist you know what i mean so like just piggybacking like they said we're here for the culture we're here to uplift and you know whoever's on board with us can can jump on board with us whoever's not can they can go where their their lane of comfort is kick rocks yo Let's look into the future. Um, let's say it's 2025. Let's say COVID uh, is in recession, is gone. Um, what would an ideal um, look for Connecticut beer scene be? Um, where, what, where, where would you like to see Connecticut beer in five years as it relates to uh, widening the demographic? I know I. Me, I would love to see a whole lot more black-owned breweries out here, aside from just Elisa from Rhythm. And I could tell you within the next five years, I would like to see Elisa have her own actual tap room for Rhythm Brewing. Um, man, I haven't come across many actual black brewers here in Connecticut, aside from Elisa. And there was one, I can't remember his name, but there was one guy at um at a homebrewing competition at Hanging Hills back in like 2018 that brewed this crazy hibiscus uh, saison. It was crazy, I, and he should have won that that homebrewing competition. He didn't, unfortunately, but I don't know. Hopefully, with the work that we're doing here at Craft Crew, we'll get a whole lot more um, people of color into craft beer brewing and you know within the next five years maybe we'll see a lot more people Speak, of color brewing. speaking of that um i know uh with the equality series down at new england brewing company uh yes, nepco that's, huge, yes. that's uh one of jamal's biggest focuses right now that they're working through um you know trying to um introduce black people into jobs in the uh bear community so he's working very closely with uh Colleges, right? Colleges around Connecticut to uh, yeah. try to get programs and scholarships for for uh, people of color to get into brewing and get into uh, sales and all that stuff in the bear community. Like this, this, this uh, business is exploding. It's booming, and I don't really see it slowing down anytime soon. You know, there might be some breweries that fail, but there's also a bunch of breweries opening up. Um, I didn't seen at least two to three in Connecticut open during the recession. Um, Phantom Brewing and then uh, Paddle Creek or Paddle Brook or something out of East Harbor. I can't remember. I can't remember the name. Those are two I can think of off the top of my head. So the industry is booming and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, So like the fact that they have that, uh, they have that uh, in the works to help out the community is big in itself. There are dollars at stake, right? And those dollars can go to uh, different people, right? And then go to different organizations. Um, I think that that's that's a hopeful uh, view of the future, and I hope that it uh, it comes to fruition. Um, Anything else you want to add about um, the current state? Anything uh, on the horizon for Craft Crew? Uh, Well, this is going to be the first beer that we do with Hog River. We're actually going to be doing another one. Um, well, we, they said they want to work with us again with another one. I think it's actually the same black is beautiful, they said. But maybe mix it in a different style or something like so that. So this time you're going to make James do all the work. <laughs> James is definitely doing all the work this time. Me and Jamal are going to take a break and watch him. <laughs> yeah, we have that. We're uh, also working with NEPCO yeah. and their equality series. Um, and um, IPAs? IPAs, correct. The Equality Series is an IPA series. Uh, 
they're just gonna brew it with different hops. Um, and we also, when COVID obviously passes, just continuing our beer mixers and uh, working in the community with uh, the Urban League again of Greater Hartford. They are uh, interested in doing some events with us as well, you know, just to give back to the community. And uh, um, definitely continuing our goal of widening the demographic and, of course, continuing our efforts of helping out uh, the less fortunate communities all around Connecticut. So I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, we have three members of Craft Crew currently. So I, myself, James, I'm based in Hartford. Jamel, he's based out of New Britain. And uh, Antron, he's based out of the New Haven. He's in West Haven, but he's in the New Haven area. But, you know, we can conquer a lot of Connecticut just with our affiliations, with our regions in Connecticut. And that's helping like half of the state right there is we continue to work with breweries who want to work with us towards brewing beers and using those proceeds from uh, the sales of the beers or merchandise or whatever and uh, helping out, you know, various uh, charities and stuff, you know, for communities that actually are in need. So uh, definitely want to do that. And I mean, overall goal, I, I would I really would like to do that beer garden, man. I mean, Hopefully you know, uh, it's, it's not all about money for us here at um, Craft Crew. Of course, we would like to make money off of um, our business and stuff like that. But, you know, the overall goal is just to make sure that we help those in need, widen the demographic, and, you know, just continue to bring our people into craft beer. That I mean, that's it. My thanks to James and Jamel and Antron, the Craft Crew. You can watch their videos at facebook.com slash craftcrewct. And you can also follow them on Instagram at craftcrew14 and Twitter at ccrew14. Welcome to the after party. Kick off your shoes. Keep on your socks and grab another beer. What am I drinking? Well, thanks so much for asking. It's a Sea Hag IPA by New England Brewing Company. I know what you're saying. Will, why do you drink these beers that everybody has had before? I want you to drink a new beer and tell me about it. And that is actually a really good instinct on your part. Nice job. But it's what I had in the fridge, and I like it. It's a West Coast-style IPA. It's orange. It's, it's, it's bitter. It's, it's fantastic. So maybe next time. Or maybe, uh, you know, send, send me some beer, and I'll drink it, and I'll tell you about it in the after party. Um, fun times with the craft crew. Let me tell you, I don't know if you noticed in the very beginning, I said I'm back with the craft crew, and that's because I uh, had a wonderful interview with them that lasted a good long time on the phone, and yet it was um, deleted. Um, uh, long story, terrible story, but point is they were very nice guys and super patient so the fact that they came back for a second interview it was uh 
It just shows a lot about their character, you know? Or maybe they just like hanging out with me. No, I think it was a lot about their character. So uh, I'm ready to uh, start my grievance, my rant. This is gonna like be the shortest rant in history. Um, I have an issue with 16 ounce cans. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. Everybody loves the four pack of 16 ounce cans. I do not, right? I think um, we gotta bring back the six pack. We gotta bring back the 12 ounce. Uh, it's just the way to go, all right? Four packs are, all right, I, I'm gonna say four packs are trash. No, they're not, they're great, they're fine. I'm trying to be controversial here. All right, um, six packs are better because there's six of them and not four. All right, so there you go, rant over. Very controversial. Uh, you can write me at beer.snob at yahoo.com to uh, tell me why I'm wrong, but you're wrong, so. Let's see. Um, Got uh, good upcoming interviews um, to do. I'm talking with Kat Manning of um, the Brewers Guild. She's also a beer can designer. I'm going to talk to her about 12 versus 16, maybe. See how she feels about it. You know, she's going to like 16 because there's more canvas, huh? 16 ounce canvas. If you're not listening to the 16 ounce canvas podcast, get on that pronto. And another uh, upcoming interview will be with um, the brewer at Athletic Brewing Company that makes um, award-winning non-alcoholic beers out of Stratford and now San Diego, California. Well, not now, but over the last couple of months. So good on them. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about my skepticism about um, non-alcoholic beer. I wrote a column about what to do with beer you don't particularly like, um, and that's available at rep-am.com unless they don't run this column, which sometimes happens. That's paper for you. What are you going to do? So if it exists out there in the world, go check it out at rep-am.com and uh, look for my beer snob column under the columnist list. How's this party going? How's the after party going? I'm not, I've I barely, you know, gotten into this drink, but I better wrap things up. Um, I, there's nothing left to say except until next time, sip well. One, two, three, four. <laughs>